Well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Oh, thank you so much for thinking of me and inviting me on. This is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jonas, would you like to maybe share um, about ODAS and get started um yeah i mean we're we're a new society uh, or want to be a new society in oxford uh and as the name says we want to appreciate design uh and we we started this uh, podcast series to um engage a bit with the community in oxford but also internationally and um so yeah we, we we are happy to have you on our podcast as a um designer and uh, to talk about your work and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, of course. Um, Should I just start with maybe like a kind of a rundown on from like university till now? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so um, I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in studio art with a focus in video and digital art. So in university, I had two different internships, and one was the summer before my last year, and it was at an ad agency, and mm-hmm. it was pretty much like my first encounter with like a corporate job and like a bunch of people in suits. So it was pretty intimidating because I was like really <laughs> um, comfortable with my artist environment at school, with like where the teachers would, you know, like cuss at you, and it's like totally fine. So. It was a bit of a culture shock, um, but I did learn how to visually like translate briefs from clients and actual professional attitudes and expectations at a workplace. So, yeah, then I got back to school and I wanted to continue um, interning. So I found a cool production studio that did like music videos and documentaries and commercials. So um, I actually found them because I was watching this music video from an artist that I'd been following for like a really long time. Um, so I reached out and I was like, hey, do you need like any help? I had no idea what to expect going in. I like went into their studio and it was literally just five people like sitting on their <laughs> computers. Um, but that work culture, I felt like I um, enjoyed a lot more because it was really casual. And I learned um, mm-hmm. um, how to like mm-hmm. create pitch decks and creative proposals and like actually engage with clients one to one. Um, which helped me a lot um, now because I'm like full-time freelancing and clients a lot. Sorry. Sorry, did you say something? And Natasha, is it there? (laughs) Um, Sorry. Hello. Did I cut out or what? What happened? (laughs) No, no, you're fine. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, no, now I'm just kind of like full time freelancing. And this is where I am. I do a lot of like social media postings and mm-hmm. video work. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh, awesome. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you studied in the US, right? I did. I went to um, New York University. Very cool. Yeah. And so you're, can you share like, maybe sorry I should have asked this earlier but could you share a bit more about like your background like where you're from and Mm -hmm. like how you decided to choose to study in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and then yeah you relocated to back to Asia yeah so um um, I am born in Indonesia and my family moved to Malaysia so my mom's Malaysian and we all just lived there for 
until I was 16. Then I went to boarding school in the UK because the school that I went to in Malaysia was British um, system. So that was a pretty Mm -hmm. natural progression in terms of like syllabus and coursework. I did like A-levels. Then for university, I was like, okay, I'm done with the UK. Now, like, let's let's change it up a bit. So I went to the US Mm -hmm. for university. Um, I went to community college for my first two years, and then I transferred to Mm -hmm. um, NYU. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in community college is such a great like route to like save money. Oh, completely. Yeah. Transition. Like owing encouragement, I think, to pursue like higher education colleges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like when I was in community college, literally everybody in my classes were from like so many different walks of life I had like moms who just were taking like a design class on a whim and then I had Mm -hmm. like like a contractor who wanted to know what oil painting was about it was really interesting to kind of like be surrounded by like a plethora of like personalities yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. Um, is community college a, a concept that's um Sorry, I, don't, I, I only know community college because of the, the TV show. <laughs> oh, it's pretty much the same, honestly. It's the, I tried watching the show, but it was a little too um, too funny for my... <laughs> really <laughs> too funny. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Background, but now you work as a graphic designer, right? Yes. Yeah. Could so there is that, that whole, back? like transition Mm -hmm. yeah there's that whole like art versus graphic design conversation that I think is an ongoing um topic that people like to dive into especially Mm -hmm. because when I think people think of art they usually think of like oh sculptures or like this really like hard to attain like intellectual like interpretive thing when it's like so feasible because the people that I went to school with are super knowledgeable and like I think the thing with art is that it's just so politically charged so I think the main Mm -hmm. difference between these two Mm -hmm. realms is probably intent like what do you intend to do when you're producing work like Mm -hmm. um, I think graphic design is mainly for communicating ideas like in the most straightforward effective way and art is like to express ideas but because my Mm -hmm. art practice was so um, based on digital programming, it was a pretty natural progression for me since I had mm-hmm. like the hard skills and fluency in working with Adobe applications. So the transition in like that sense was pretty easy. But what was a challenge is probably the lack of creative freedom in commissioned work. Mm-hmm. But that is probably yeah. like to be expected um, in any like line of work you go through. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, for me, I studied foreign affairs or like international relations, Mm -hmm. but I had a lot of like experience with digital marketing. And when I did digital marketing for like different startup companies or like small businesses, there are so many times I just wanted to like kind of do my own thing. But, you know, are those requirements that you have to like you have to produce what the client wants mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's it's interesting because like 
I mean, I was sharing with Jonas like a few weeks ago about like the principles of design. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like, you know, those basics are like building blocks Mm -hmm. upon which designers, you know, work with and um, learn how to, I guess like there's so many concepts like rule of like rule of thirds and all that. But um, I don't know, like what is what is your take on, you know, more institutional design education versus like learning as a practitioner yourself? Um, I would say that it's pretty comparable. I never took a formal traditional graphic design course, but I've had friends and like Parsons who have. And um, I would say it's comparable to that of an art class because the professor would give you a prompt and like some light guidelines and tell you to go crazy with it. Um, I don't know if it's yeah. just like an art school thing and that may differ if you're like outside of New York City um, mm-hmm. just because you're kind of forced to learn that and absorb that information by yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But like I went to this um, exhibition a couple of years ago in the Brooklyn Museum. So that was a pretty um, cool way to see those two worlds um, of like art and graphic design coexisting. It was called mm-hmm. like A Soul of a Nation. It was curated by the Tate Modern that showcased like African-American history. And within that um, exhibition, there was graphic design work along with like sculptural work, along with video art. And it was really cool to see graphic design, like traditional graphic design stand alone by itself and not have, not have it be in like the C- Cooper Hewitt Design Museum. You know what I mean? Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Have you ever been to the Design Museum in London? I haven't. I spent a lot of my time in just in Brighton in my um, boarding school. So whenever I went to London, it was pretty much to go to like Oxford Street and like check out like Forever 21. I mean, I was like 17, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonas, do you have any other questions? I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about uh, these, this distinction between art and design and how, so because in the end, is it possible even to have, to do art uh, in a, like, as a designer, you can be employed for a company, uh-huh. but as an artist, can you be employed? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty independent um, career, but there are tons of residencies that span from like three months to like five years. So I think a lot of the time artists are commissioned through the residencies they live in. So I have like Mm -hmm. a few friends who have gone through like the traditional art route and are now in like various parts of Europe. I have one friend who is I think in Germany doing a ceramics residency and she pretty much just gets paid a stipend and a compensation from the residency program and she like produces Mm -hmm. work for whatever exhibition they're holding or um, whether it be like art um, public art fairs and stuff like that Mm. yeah Yeah. I think with and just like I guess the distinction between art and graphic design is like graphic design can be categorized as art but art is not necessarily like categorized in graphic design yeah 
Um, mm. Cause like art, there's just so many things like related, like art is so broad. It's like so broad. Even nowadays, like a banana taped to a wall is considered <laughs> art, which is insane. <laughs> but graphic design, it's, it's cool because I think people are starting to appreciate graphic design a lot more. Um, and also with like digital marketing and um, like online art, um, it's just like easier to create graphic design online mm-hmm. too. Yeah, there's so many tools um, now, this, like Canva. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Canva. <laughs> like, it's probably my favorite, like, art-related website. And I use it, like, every yeah, day. Yeah, it's really interesting because, yeah. like, before when I was growing, like, my younger sister um, would probably mm-hmm. be able to make better designs than me than when I was her age. She's 14. And, like, before I had, like, okay. PicMonkey or, like, Insta Collage. And now they have Canva, which is so... Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's, like, also to appease this, like, new industry of, like content creators because like five years ago that like yeah. was not even a thing mm-hmm. like social influencers mm-hmm. who make millions just like traveling on a yacht or something totally yeah can, <laughs> can you what canva is because i didn't know that oh canva is like a yeah, platform so canva... with like a bunch of templates yeah. to use mm-hmm. for like your instagram stories okay and is it like who's Who's going? Who's using? So you can, as a designer, you can put up your own design and people use it, or oh, I have actually no idea how that works, Joyce. You know. <laughs> oh, um. So I think with Canva, they have like a lot of stock photos. I'm not sure how like photographers get their photos on Canva. It might be something like I don't know if you've heard of Unsplash.com. Mm-hmm. A lot of like high resolution photos, but um. With, like, Canva, anyone can use Canva. They have a free version that's mm-hmm. pretty good, but they have a lot of watermarked stuff. But if you want to buy, like, a sales pitch, like, the, <laughs> like sales ambassador for Canva, um, but if you would like to purchase, like, the premium, then you can, like, it, I think it's, like, 12 or 13 U.S. dollars per month. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's, like, cheaper if you buy it for a year. Like, Joyce, do you have um, a promo it, code for us right now? <laughs> I wish Canva I mean, if Canva sponsors this podcast that'd be great but um, <laughs> no I was just um thinking about how yeah graphic design it used to be something that like I did not like graphic design when I was growing up just because I don't really like staring at computers for a long time like I if I'm doing artwork I'd rather it be on a canvas or you know some sort of sculpture or whatever but with Canva, you can lit like literally create a logo in like two minutes, and mm. they already have like a lot of like templates that all you need to do is like change the name or change the color, change the font, and then you've created a new, you know, a free new logo. So mm. it just yeah, it, it really shows just how mm-hmm. accessible technology has allowed graphic design to become, and it's cool because now you can even like animate on. Oh, Canva. that's interesting. I had no idea that you uh-huh. could. That that feature was available. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you can you can animate it, turn it into like MP4 files, or you can make GIFs. Yeah. GIF. <laughs> I think there's an ongoing discussion. <laughs> All this like 21st century <laughs> lingo. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's just like design, like 
So studying like history of design in like 1850 to 1950 in my course and like comparing that to like how design is now, it's just crazy. Like who knows what's going to happen like this next decade with like art yeah, and design. Yeah, it's changing so mm-hmm. rapidly. I was actually in a, um, when I was still mm-hmm. in school, I was in a Uber and the driver was like, oh yeah, um, he's like, I don't know, middle, later age, maybe like 60 or something. He was like, when I was in school, uh-huh. um, we had to do everything manually in terms of like, he was a photographer. So he was telling me about like CMYK, mm. like RGB. And he's like, I'm sure like yeah. all of your platforms uh-huh. now say like Canvas or Artboards and all of those tools were tools that we actually used by hand. And I was like, that's interesting because I would not know how to use anything by hand if you were to give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even nowadays with, like, phones, just the quality of cameras, mm-hmm. people don't to necessarily, like, invest in, like, a really expensive camera to take high-quality photos. Yeah, when I work with, like, content create because most of my clients are content creators, a lot of the times they mm-hmm. use their phones to capture um, their content, which is, like, Mm-hmm. that just makes your production so much cheaper because you already have a phone like you don't yeah. have to invest in like a two thousand dollar lens you know exactly yeah and it's so quick to upload too mm-hmm. like, like I was just talking with my remember when we had like camcorders and like power was never like it was always out of power and then there's never enough storage and then now it's just like you have a phone and it's just click and then can send it instantly to someone on the other side of the world. Yeah, like the thing with photography too, it's just such a, like a democratic medium. Like literally anybody could pick up a camera and like capture whatever is in front of them and then share it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Is it it making photography? I mean, if, if everyone can do, can feel like he's a photographer, doesn't it also a bit devalue work of photographers well i think um because yeah that's why like film is still a thing like a lot of photographers do still prefer to use film but i think a lot of like the most um iconic legendary photographs that we see today that's made like in the past decade were from like photojournalists who were maybe in like capturing some like sublime nature shot or just something that's like not extremely um easy to capture like Mm -hmm. war photography um it's also like anything Mm -hmm. on like national geographic i feel like um Mm -hmm. capturing things that would be out of reach for the everyday person Mm -hmm. so i think it's just like yeah with anything the more people you have the more competitive it becomes so I like the photography mm. or the design that is still seen as like the best. Um, it has more competition, but you know, any like anyone can claim to be a designer or a photographer, you know, freelancer. But yeah. it's it's like their their work will speak for themselves too. So yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Like I I think the worst thing a client, the worst. Um, criticisms I got from a client was um, they were looking for something super specific in mind that they already had going into hiring me for a project 
and Mm -hmm. it was a social media post it was super easy like did it in a day but they were like oh I could have like done this on Canva like I could have done this myself and I was like okay like go off you you go do your (laughs) yeah you know um but that's like also another thing I think a lot of older people hire um designers because they're not fluent with using the technology and they just kind of want um something that they already have in their mind to come to life yeah I think it's interesting because it's like you've you know you're getting commissioned to do work but you also serve in a way like a consultant you Mm -hmm. know like a design consultant because you bring a different perspective like an outside perspective into you know a a company or you know the client you're working with so I think that's really yeah like a lot of branding work is actually um not just like a powerpoint of why they should um like the three proposals that I pitch, but more to do with the research that goes behind, like, what are their competitors doing um, that sets them apart? Like, there was a um, furniture company that I was doing a branding guideline for. And so, obviously, looking yeah. at their th- that client's price point with, like, IKEA and what IKEA is doing or, like, their furniture companies here within that same, like, affordability range and you want to see like what trends are pulling from and how it reflects in the products they're selling. Because if you're doing something like off-white for a like a milkshake shop, like that's just not going to work, you know? Like you have to like understand like the context to why you're injecting that stylistic approach to like the works you're producing. Mm, so true. How much how much pushback do you get from companies if you if you present ideas like that? Because I, I just to give you why I ask this question, I, I uh, once was involved with um, coming up with a new logo for a society that I was um, leading like a couple of years ago, and it was hard to get like consensus within the society mm-hmm. to uh, go with one direction. So yeah, bringing yeah. I don't know. What's your experience with that? Um, I usually give three different guidelines. So there's there's a choice for them to lean towards. And most of the time, they're pretty similar. So I don't mm-hmm. have to change it up that much. Um, I've had clients who were super picky and knew exactly what they wanted. And they were super stubborn. Um, but at the end of the day, it's also <laughs> about like explaining to them why you're hiring like you're hiring me for a reason and it's not to just please you like obviously I want your business to succeed and um, in terms of like design I believe that this is the best way for your business to grow because you're especially like for me um, I'm best with designing things for a demographic around my age because I know what I like I know what my friends like and I'm just kind of like putting that idea in their mind that it's like you have to kind of trust me mm-hmm. to an extent, but mm-hmm. there is a compromise that we can work on. Mm. All right. Nice. Yeah. So do you do the so how can you can you walk us through a bit how would usually you if you get a um, a job for some something um, like a branding mm-hmm. guideline or something? What what is do the companies have like uh, very specific ideas usually or or is it or do you have to do your own research about the company or how does it work Um, 
so they would come to me and say we need this from you like we need a logo from you we need website design we need mm -hmm. um and uh, like a template for all our social media different social media postings and then they tell me a little bit about their company so I haven't worked with brand new companies before they always have something to go okay. off of and I just kind of re revamp and renovate their um, original idea um, so in that mm -hmm. case it's pretty easy because I know what direction they kind of want to go towards but are failing to do because they don't have whatever knowledge or um, fluency in software mm -hmm. um, so yeah like um, I usually get my clients through either cold emails for a lot of my content creator clients and then for startups and businesses it's usually word of mouth yeah mm. right what are the projects that you uh, like working on the most? Um, honestly, like the ones where I can have free reign <laughs> because I am kind of a control okay. freak and you're like putting your name on like you, the work you produce. So you want it to be like the best and you don't want to like half 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 ass like put your name on like this yeah. thing that you like hate so much. Right. So I've had like instances where I've had to be like, I either like take my name out and like keep it or like I don't want any part of it kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah the best work I've done is I did like a branding guideline for this um, smoothie place that opened um, in KL Kuala Lumpur Malaysia which is where I'm from so yeah they were very like open to my ideas so that was really helpful mm -hmm. on my end Mm. Yeah. So, what are your, I guess, maybe goals for the rest of this year and like moving forward in terms of like your your practice and your work? Um, I'm trying to get away from social media postings just because they do take up a lot of my time, and it is mm -hmm. um, a little. I mean, given the what we're all like the world is going through today with black lives matter it just like makes me question about why i'm taking up this visual real estate with um sales notices you know so just mm. stepping away yeah. from that um like sellout capitalist standpoint and <laughs> putting more work into things that are meaningful so like for maybe um, newspaper publishings that highlight social injustices like if i could use up my time in a more productive way Mm. Yeah. so maybe more transitioning to a social enterprise sort of model yeah for sure like a non-profit yeah yeah mm -hmm. very cool do you have any final questions jonas um let me <laughs> let me think <laughs> i just feel like it's uh, so cool that you're doing what you're doing hello thank and you you yeah, and you're doing a great job too, Thank you know, you. like being independent, but doing, you know, what you're passionate about and obviously like really talented in. So, yeah, I'm so glad you reached out to me on LinkedIn. Oh, and for sure. Yeah. That we connected. It's just been, yeah, I love LinkedIn. Another shameless plug for LinkedIn. <laughs> Their favorite website. Um, but yeah, like I think technology and the way things are nowadays, especially with like lockdown is people are so much more connected than they realize yeah you know? 
and think about these zoom calls for school and you know microsoft teams and google hangouts and like i think the consumer is getting you know the best of what the companies can produce because i think before like so when i schedule on a google calendar like a meeting i have so many people get confused and sometimes like even waiting in like the google hangouts room to like but i'm like no it's on zoom like we're meeting on zoom but mm-hmm. it's it's interesting just like seeing like the design that goes into that too, like product design and like the digital thing, like just so much of design that goes people don't think yeah. of. Yeah, and I'm so glad we can have this platform to really appreciate design yes. and the different ways we can use it, not just for you know commercial uses, but also for you know spreading awareness of certain social injustices and. Um, different causes Um, I think I maybe have a final question Um, just stealing from your other podcast choice Uh, (laughs) (laughs) what what do you what do you think what do you would you say to young people who want to be designers what uh, what yeah what what tips could you give give them um I I guess this would be kind of like an advice to a younger version of myself, which would be because I grew up with people who didn't really follow a creative pathway, um, go with your gut. Like she knows best, your gut Mm -hmm. really does tell you, like does not lead you astray. So if you feel a really strong inkling and you believe it, then I'd say go for it. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, this was really great. We really appreciate your time and just sharing your story and advice. And yeah, hope we can all meet again in Oxford. Or actually meet yeah, in person. person. <laughs> yeah. But stay safe <sighs> and have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much, you guys, too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Asking, like, a few questions about like Anatasha's like practice and design. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, cool. Also, I think we should start over. Um, just so like, because this is just not gonna be on the podcast, obviously. Mm. Can I? Uh, I just can cut it away. I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Do that too. We'll just wait for when she comes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is there too much background noise on my part? Uh, no. I, okay, because there's like people outside doing yard work. Or something. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I hope my housemates won't interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, has, she, has she done this before? Did you see okay. No, she hasn't done it yet with me, but she like listen to my like chow time chats oh okay okay so, yeah hello hi oh, how are you hi. Anastasia. hi i'm good how are you guys doing well yeah I'm good doing well awesome yeah this whole this is really cool <laughs> the fact that you can like <laughs> record three times at like three different time zones i know <laughs> i honestly like i'm curious how many people you can have on a single call like what's the max you know that would be pretty chaotic <laughs> yeah that would <laughs> i 
I think it would be more helpful if you had like a video camera to like see if he's talking. Oh, for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, it would be cool. Yeah. 